What's up? Welcome back to Project Freelance. If you are new to this podcast, may I introduce myself? My name is Kay, just the letter K, and this is my podcast about freelancing. Every week I come to you with either a topic of my own or with a guest speaker, somebody who is successful in their industry, in their field, at whatever they're doing. This is a podcast where I interview them, ask them questions about how they got to where they are, what steps they took, and the pitfalls that they came across. So this week, my guest is Kevin Lyman. Yes, father of the Vans Warped Tour, Kevin Lyman. I've been waiting patiently for years to interview Kevin, and now that Warped Tour has ended, he actually has time to sit down and have a conversation. So without further ado, well, first I'm going to tell you about sponsored things. Hey, what's up? You are sponsoring this podcast. If you need anything as far as adulting goes, like if you want to track your mileage to get ready for taxes, if you want to if you want to invest into cryptocurrency, check down in the description. Check out some links down there. There's things for adulting. There's things for you creators, like discounts on Adobe, DJI, all kinds of cool stuff down there. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast consecutively every single week. I do my best to upload every week. Sometimes I'm traveling or sometimes I just don't have a connection. But thank you guys. And here we go. Kevin Lyman, Project Freelance. I can't believe this is happening. All right, let's do it. All right, what's up, guys? I'm here with uh, the man with the plan, Kevin Lyman. Introduce yourself yes. and uh, what, Ke- you, what you've done. Ke- and- <laughs> Kevin Lyman, a former producer of <laughs> the Vans Warped Tour, uh, now professor at USC and uh, recovering from uh, 37 years in the music business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is what it looks like after Warped Tour ends, if you guys wanted to know what he's up to. It is. Uh, I've uh, pretty much... Uh, Gave my leg to the, yeah. the last summer of Warp Tour, but yeah. uh, recovering now, and uh, you know, gonna start, you know, focusing on take care of myself for a little bit. Uh, for the first time, I'm sure, in a long, long time. Yeah, it was definitely a, a, a wake up call. It happens after 24 years of yeah. doing the same thing. 24 years, 37 years of touring. You know, it's one of those things that we all think that the show must go on, I think, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, one of the things I've been pushing a lot with, you know, some of the initiative I've had that the show doesn't have to go on. We have to take care of ourselves. Yeah, and I mean, that is a very, you're right, like, from even being on just a few tours, like, that's that's something very real. Like, we don't take care of ourselves because we can't. We don't. I mean, you go into a city, you have to do your show, and yeah. being the road is not the healthiest environment. I, I know that we've worked hard to make it better. Right. But it's still not the healthiest environment, no matter yeah. what we do. And uh, but there's always got to be that show done that night. And, exactly. You know, and we hear about our lead singers, and we hear about these things. You know, with Kyle passing away, yeah. and, and it's like you know, but there's just a big long tail to that. There's the sound people, the crew people, mm-hmm. the drivers, and everyone's got to. Everyone pushes really themselves really hard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, so when I was on tour, 2017 with AP every spare second I had I put together eight documentaries about different crew members on the tour and yeah they are like they they start before anybody starts and they they leave they leave the site after everybody leaves and it's non-stop for them and so the fact that you guys had like the medical team out like Travis and like that I think that goes a really really long way it's always been a big part you know having Mike Farr out there for Mm -hmm. music cares for people who maybe are challenged with you know issues you know from you know stress of being on the road to addiction issues or issues of recovery 
I th I've always felt that you need to make the best environment possible. Yeah. You know, and, and as we grew, we were able to do that. In 1995, I think a lot of it, I wish I could have started when I started Warp Tour. You know, and maybe people like Brad Knoll, we would have been able to give them the resources uh, to still be with us. But we still have those stories, and so many of them nowadays, where you know, it's 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 tough out there. But you know, otherwise, it's it's been it was great. It was a great last summer. <laughs> we had a super fun time. We got super lucky. The weather couldn't have been better. Yeah. I mean, we had it, it was a complete reverse fortunes of 2017, where everything that went wrong, everything, everything that, that could, went wrong, went wrong. <laughs> everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> that in 2017, you know, the yeah. weather was horrible. The routing was horrible. We had promoters going out of business, and wow. then you know, and so we were challenged that year. Come back. I knew I needed to take care of this. Um, I th thought I could get through one summer and then just, but your body sometimes just says nope it's it's going to take control and that's yeah. what happened with me and uh i'm you know luckily to be sitting here so yeah literally lucky yeah. to be sitting here um so let's go back before warp tour Lollapalooza. like let's talk about how you got into the music industry in the first place how'd you get into music and and what was your upbringing like well my you know i, I was an adopted child and i, I live in a house with a a brother and two sisters all adopted from different families wow. so a very very working class family uh good parents that did the best they could for us uh we all learned that the essence of work at a young age so we all had jobs i, I think i started working when i was like nine or ten wow doing wow and uh you know always had one or two jobs all the way through high school went to college at cal poly pomona which was pretty awesome i just saw that it was now one of the top ranked public schools in the west uh but I, I didn't know what I was going to do in school. I was kind of bouncing, you know, floating around school and then uh, fell in love with live music by getting involved with the concert committee wow. and putting on shows and then putting on my, I was on the ski team where I initially injured the, my body, but <laughs> beat it up and uh, started raising money by putting on concerts for the ski team. Wow. So I'd bring bands out from LA, uh, there's bands from the scene back then, Chardon Square and the Targets and uh, Fishbone was just starting out and some of those things. And I'd bring them out to L out to Pomona and Claremont and do shows and got a reputation for putting on concerts out there. But all the money that was raised was so we could fund our ski team. Right. Wow. What an, like, how did you come up with that idea? You know, I, it was just kind of a, I don't know, you know, it was like, it was like I just saw this opportunity, like, there was no clubs out there like the you know the fox or the glass house right. there was nowhere that was doing live shows out there there was a small promoter doing stuff in bars uh, pat bassage and then i just said you know we could do this and just started doing it renting fraternity houses for like a thousand dollars and uh doing five bands five bucks all the beer you could drink when the beer would run out we'd run out the back door <laughs> and, and the cops were used to going to the fraternity yep. house yep. and then come back and pay the fraternity house uh, wow. And then I started challenging renting facilities, airport hangers, uh, things wow. and doing shows. Okay. And uh, the school, you know, I was told you couldn't sell beer, so I gave the beer for free and sold the mugs for five dollars. You know, things like that. Brilliant. I was always challenging. You know, I'd be in a lot more trouble now, uh, a lot quicker. But I was always able to challenge things, and I, I continue to do that. 
uh, worked at a community college near Cal Poly, Citrus College. Started two dollar Tuesdays where we would have two punk bands for two bucks. It's like the fever they're doing like. Yeah, it wasn't a great, whatever. it wasn't yeah. a great business model for me <laughs> because it was I'd give give each band a dollar. So right. If you're charging two dollars, there was two bands. Yeah, we, all I did, you know, we, we set up the PA in the student center and would run these great concerts, and we were getting a few hundred people showing up. Wow. And uh, and then clean up everything, go clean the parking lot before the administration would find out in the morning, <laughs> and then I got to do an Oingo Boingo concert in the gymnasium. Uh, and, and then, you know, it just kind of, and then I went away. And then I went, graduated college, moved to Hawaii, uh, ran a weight loss camp for girls in Hawaii. Wow. And uh, for a while, and then came back here. And that experience I had, and that's what I'm trying to teach. It's, it's all those experiences you have and get that experience as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone said, hey, the sound company that did my shows out in Pomona said, hey, there's a club in L.A. that needs a stage manager. You'd be great for it. So I found myself all of a sudden stage managing at Fender's Ballroom, uh, kind of a legendary punk club in L.A., uh, in Long Beach, actually, uh, with a promoter that was, uh, that was doing shows uh, kind of a, along that Americana Roots thing, Lone Justice, The Blasters, and things like that. Yeah. And then uh, that kind of, they co-promoted with uh, Golden Voice, which we all know Golden yeah, Voice is the company, early Golden Voice. And uh, wow. it turned out, you know, at that point, Paul Tillette, who now runs Golden Voice, was working for Gary, and he went to Cal Poly Pomona oh. and Brian. So we reconnected like, all yeah. through that. And um, it was a Motorhead show in a club. And I did Motorhead in a club, like, back wow. then. And, uh, and wow. I was the guy who got to do it. And then they liked the way I worked. And I started picking up all the Golden Voice shows. And it just started spilling out. And my company started growing and more and more. And I always had a Kevin Larman Production Services. And there was a point where we were running about 320 shows a year wow. in the L.A. Area. Almost every day. Every day. I was working every day. Wow. Yeah, I was working. That's why I guess, you know, some people say, oh, gosh, you work tour hard on Warp Tour. I go, I've always worked you hard. You don't even know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't even know. That's like a normal, normal thing for you that you're used to. And, like, starting out at such a young age, I think that you're right. Like, that sets you up for a lot of success if you really start early. It's starting early, and it's those relationships. And that's, you yeah. know... As I'm trying to teach right now, I have you know, students that I'm like, it's all those things and building relationships and building over time and being patient. I think yeah. that's the problem sometimes. We look at these instant successes. And you're going to have some instant successes. There's, there's always going to be that 2%. Yeah. That's going to have that big moment or mm. success or develop that. Most of it's a grind. This business is a grind. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, there's nothing about this business that's easy. Yeah. Absolutely. The easiest part <laughs> about this business is because you, you know, you a lot of times answer to yourself, which is mm-hmm. the best part. But and you and you, the relationships you build, but it's a grind. This, you know, it's, I've been grinding it for thirty-seven years. Wow. It's never been easy. Yeah. And uh, you know, this summer was very important to me because coming off of that rough year, it was our, mm-hmm. our one rough year. So I, I mean, if you. If you're if you were playing sports and you had 23 and one seasons, yeah, yeah, you know, or 22 and one at that point, yeah, and you know, everyone's gonna remind, remember for you for your last thing. And I just said, screw this, I'm gonna go out, put together what I think is, would be great, reconnect people to it, mm-hmm. and we had our second biggest warp tour ever. Yeah. Wow. We had our <laughs> and once it also became, I think, it was a priority for people again. Warp kind of think people took it for granted. I I completely agree with you. I think it was all. Oh, I'll go next year. I'll go Fine. next year if that band's. And then bands were touring. If yep. my favorite band was gonna be right near, I'll, I'm gonna spend my money to see my favorite band. Yeah. I'm not giving 
I, ah, Warp lineups not my even though I used to go to see everyone yeah, and watch yeah. now I just like this band and like I used to go get my shirts for school at yeah. Warp Tour every summer that was and like now, back to school so shopping. it wasn't a priority I think and we made it a priority again this year yeah. by saying it's the last one and I'm cool with it yeah. I mean I I have plans to do other things but right now those other things have to do with education and philanthropy uh, this whole Fend movement we started on Warp this year yeah I want to yeah, yeah. talk about that too um, for sure it's it's there's some priorities and you know and to be honest i need to i mean as my wife says this is now the chance to make yourself a priority so you're around a while so you can actually enjoy a summer because i've been on the road for 27 straight summers so yeah those those first couple summers talk about that and before you got to warp tour and how you even decided to like split off because you were with Lollapalooza. i was with Lollapalooza. i was the first stage manager of Lollapalooza, and that came from doing the 320 shows a year in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing like six nights of the Ramones at, at the Anson Ford Theater. And the wow. next, then we have seven nights of Jane's Addiction at the, at the Palladium. Back and, when they used to have to play every night. You know, and it was like <laughs> big shows. And we were, and then all of a sudden this opportunity, I'd never really been on the road other than little weekends with a band right, here or something right. to go on this national tour with Lollapalooza. So that was quite an honor to get to do that. It was kind of crazy. I had no idea. It was a whole <laughs> different way of touring. And some of the older touring people thought I was going to crash and burn, which I almost did. Yeah, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> you know, I almost crashed out on that first couple days of that because I thought you could do everything. Yep. Whereas on those kind of tours, you have to learn how to delegate a little bit to, to get things done. Uh, but I pulled it back together and got to do that. And then did a f- couple other follow-up summers with them. And then in 1995, I, I just decided that it kind of was going to... It's weird that it's bookending it, that maybe it was time to get that real job. Maybe be a, go mm. be a school teacher. Uh, something like that. Uh, use that college degree I had, and, uh, and then luckily was able to start the Warp tour. And now it's weird that I'm bookending it with uh, going, going into back education, to education, going maybe into what I was doing, and and then probably bypassing by just like I bypassed some steps on Lollapalooza. Yeah. By just going out on this big tour, mm-hmm. and now I've kind of bypassed because I'm teaching at USC, and people are like, "How did you that happen?" And I go, I don't, it was just... You're like, like, that's why you get a degree. I go, well, I get a degree, and it was, like, I had to put my first resume together for my entire life. They they recruited me, but there were some formalities that I had to do, and yeah. one of them was put a resume What together. did you put? Warp Tour, well, 24 like, years. Was, <laughs> I asked in the office, it was, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you, you look at Warp Tour, but you get known for one thing, but there's a lot of other great things we've course, gone through yeah. the years, and brands I've got to work with and continue to work with, so... You know, it's warped will be uh, fond memories, but now it's time for someone else. There's a lot of people out there that um, have expressed that they could do it better. You know? Okay, let's see what you got. And I I mean, I hope they can. Yeah, absolutely. Because we we had to recreate this from not, I mean, no one was touring this way, no one Mm -hmm. was doing these types of tours the way we did it. Warped was done a unique way. Yeah. agree or disagree it, it lasted for 24 years 24 years and uh in in, in, in you saw those emotions that it stirred up this summer of people who it was really important to a, a segment of their life you yeah know? definitely um and like to see pennywise play you know from the first the first you know tour to, to like the last song yeah. as completely completely crazy could, and like could have been better time with the rain afterwards right as soon right, as the right. show ended and then it started pouring rain and we're all hanging out in the parking lot well i mean you guys were in florida right 
for the last yeah, days? Well, what year is Florida? Yeah, we looked up though. There was no clouds, so it was a, it, it was, was a good Saturday. time. It was a great end. It was a, it was a great end. It was a great end. And you know, we've got these 25th anniversary shows coming up. Yeah, uh, we'll be announcing shortly. Uh, it looks like we're getting closer to. Uh, I want to have that announcement together by Halloween. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. so like, what's what's the plan for that? Uh, there'll be a two day there'll be a two day event on the West Coast and two okay. day event on the East Coast. Okay. Um, and a the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame event in June. So we'll probably June, late June, the week we're looking at the weekend before Fourth of July on the East Coast. Perfect. And we're just trying to figure out the West Coast. Yeah. Would you do? Would you also consider like doing like a like a Texas? I think next year. But the nice thing is, if we if it went well and we still feel cool about working together and doing yeah. everything, uh, and it went well, maybe the next year we can go to Toronto and Dallas or something. We don't yeah. have to. It's not like we have to fix it. Right. Because we were lucky enough to play over forty cities. In the, you yeah. know, we played forty six or forty eight cities in yeah. the U.S. And uh, we could pick and choose. Wow. That's amazing. So how did you how did you build the relationship with Vans? How did you bring them into this? Well, I've been doing I, I got known to Vans, I guess, through some of the action sports stuff I was doing. I was doing the Swatch. Makes sense. I did the Swatch Impact Tour, the Vision Skate Escape, all these events that were kind of skating and music related and then board aid, boarding for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I was putting on those events. Um, so I was aware of Vans and they, they were aware of me. And uh, it was a fortuitous uh, thing that I got a call from them. Uh, to come in, and I think they wanted me to talk to me about running their amateur skate program. Wow. But then I told them about this awesome tour I'd started in 1995. Was that right after the first year, even though it wasn't extremely awesome at that point. It was awesome for the people on it, but right. people didn't quite know about it yet. They didn't know yet. what it was. And, uh... Because, I mean, back then, like, you didn't have, like, YouTube advertising. No, you didn't have, was, like, TV, was, like, MTV, pro- so, like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of word of mouth. Yeah. And a lot of, um... Yeah. And we got to do it again, you know. We got and then getting involved with bands. It was it was great working with Steve Van Dorn all these years. Uh, there's no one that represents a brand better. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from Steve. Uh, he represents that Vans brand so well, and I think in in many ways I learned from him about how to represent the Warp brand. Hmm. And uh, we had to figure it out as we went. Yeah. So logistically speaking, putting on something like Warp Tour, what what did that take? Like, what, because, I mean, like you said, like, that was, like, like, one of the first of its kind, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I, my production background, that was a nice thing. Yeah, like definitely. producing all these shows and everything gave me the background, kind of put the production together. Uh, the first year, we kind of just had to go out there and we kind of wung it. Wung it. Is that wung, the past tense we of We completely <laughs> wung it, I don't, you know, um, and uh, to think back then... And then if you ever heard anyone complain now that was on that tour, you know, and it's interesting, you get in these little things, I mean, the other day, I don't know, I was just, I'm bored, I can't really do much right now. Yeah. And, and watching a couple of crew guys complaining about Warp Tour, about the food or something, I don't know. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, it's like, food's fantastic. It's so and, good, and it's it, so you know, good and, every and, day. And, you know, and just hearing people whine, I go, back then we didn't have any catering. Yeah. We loaded the trucks ourselves. We had some days where there was no stage hands, yeah. but we made it happen because we believed in it. And uh, I got to work with a lot of great people that still remain some of my best friends. So, yeah, how does, because um, we talked about it a little bit on Warp Tour briefly about how the scene has changed, even from like how, like if there's beef, like how it's handled now versus how it was handled then. Well, I think, you know, that's the problem. I think, you know, these bands need to start um, t- 
taking the time to meet people mm -hmm. and attacking people each other on social media without meeting them face to face and just assuming that you know what they say is who they are yeah you, know? you meet them you know and you know and I always told some of these bands some of the most vocal bands about don't get, you, don't get stung by that bee now yeah, don't you get stung by that bee some of the most vocal bands you know about whatever about other bands you know that never did maybe warp tour because they didn't want to tour with those bands I, I, I say you really missed out because you wanted to be a band like anti-flag that said yeah put us right before a band that maybe you know you know speaks let us come out there we want people to hear us yeah. we want people the most people to possibly hear us because you know what people aren't going to go through all their lives like singing suck my fuck you know <laughs> it's not it's not oh my god it's not really possible for a moment in time yeah and if you took the time to get to know people like Franz and that, and mm -hmm. these people like that, they're actually genuinely yeah. good people. Like Franz is a businessman. He's a yeah. smart guy. He's a smart guy. He's successful. a good guy. He found a shtick. And yep. I would say a lot of that stuff that he does is shtick. Because, yep. Absolutely. So he doesn't walk around the street doing and it. And say suck my fuck. Like, yeah, he's you know, not I, that kind of guy. But you know what? When, <laughs> the dude was on Made for Christ's sake. And you know? then when you have, you know, a band like Antiflag that's always said some very important things. Yeah. They're like, let us play right after them. Because you know what? Their fans are going to hear us. Yeah. And maybe they're going to gravitate over to something mm -hmm. else that's more meaningful. Yeah, and hear about, you know, like and, the state of the government and how they oppress people. And, yeah, and, you know, and, and, I, and that's the thing because people don't realize that my background was always politically active. We were always involved philanthropy. We were always throwing benefit shows in L.A. We always wanted change. And, I, you know, I want change, too. But the scene really needs to pull together. Yeah. It really needs to pull together. You don't, guys don't get the support of Big Pop Radio. You, don't, you, guys have to, you guys are dependent on each other. You guys really, that's what made punk. We, we all dependent <laughs> on each other. Yeah. And I think you, it needs to get back to that. Yeah. And I've been told that, you know, maybe with Warp Tour gone, that'll happen. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know how Warped Tour kept it from being that, <laughs> if that's what people say, yeah. then great. Maybe I missed something there. Yeah, I mean, other than, like, that, like, how do you think people could come together? Or how, how should that happen? You know, like, what's the way? Because obviously social media Be, is being not. Being willing to discuss things face-to-face -face yeah. with people. That's yeah. why I always said anyone who had a problem with me, come meet me. Come talk face-to-face. -face. Exactly. Uh, the ones who did usually could find some sort of common ground. We may agree to disagree on a couple things. Mm -hmm. But then I always say, put yourself in my shoes when I have, when you're making those decisions at such a rapid fire pace that you don't really get to think about them. Yeah. You know, you've been out on the tour and you see mm -hmm. how quickly we make decisions out there because we have to. You have to, like when it's raining, like it, that's like critical, you know? critical time. And there, was there a couple decisions maybe if I had time, if I had time to go sit for a few hours or <laughs> something, maybe I wouldn't have made yeah. But you learn from those and you move on. Um, you know, people will go back to certain instances on Warp Tour over a 24 year and pick one or two right. little things. Yeah. But then I say, put yourself in my shoes. Mm -hmm. On that date, why don't you. What would you have done? Uh, yeah, if you were dealing with storms <laughs> oh, coming at yeah. your venues, 10,000 people, lightning, someone's Tornadoes, asking you this. Like... You got people, you know, it's just, you know, you know, it's just. And then you're being asked by people that you respected to, mm -hmm. you know, let an artist play a set. Um, that didn't go down with other artists, but then those artists didn't give me the respect to come talk to me about it face to face. Mm -hmm. And it's all of a sudden on social media, it gets blown out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, to some people it was very life and death, but it wasn't in the whole realm of it. But if we sit and talk about it, um, and you know what, I probably looking back at it, there's a few decisions that I, if I had the time yeah. and the ability, 
definitely. We don't get to take it to a boardroom. We don't get to ponder it. You are the boardroom. You know, and I, I am the boardroom. <laughs> I mean, and I'm watching a, a difference as I move into the world of academics, where they over, they think mm. about things. They have committees on every decision. Yeah. So you have to go through like a, a process. process. Touring is not a product. You you become very. You have to be very instinctive. Yeah. You have to go with your gut and live and die by it. Yeah, and hope that you don't fuck it up along the way. <laughs> and, and you're going to make some fuck-ups. But you know what? Now all of, everyone can go study what we did and then avoid those areas. So maybe they can create that utopian space where there's no issues. Yeah. Where every person's perfect. And cohesive. Everybody yeah, but, gets it. But then you do, yeah. to move on, you have to be willing to have conversations with people with different points of view. Definitely. So how, how did these, like, how did you reach out to bands and how did these bands like get involved with Warped Tour because I mean there have been bands that have played multiple like over and over and over again you know and yeah well you know those are the ones I really it fit into their careers yeah you know and you look at the bands with that have had these now three decade careers you know Lesson Jake Real Big Fish yeah, Every yeah. Time I Die mm -hmm. uh, You Found Glory The Main the yeah, Mayday Katie Parade Perry, right? you know they like, say you know, you know, you know, Katie, I haven't seen since. Right, right, she, played, right. she played our benefit <laughs> she show. She was there. She played our benefit show, <laughs> which was cool. fantastic. She That's played cool. the 15th anniversary when we were able to give $60,000 to Music Cares. Right, and right. she was fantastic. And she's always been a supporter and recognizes where that part of her life was. Yeah. You know, there's other artists that are funny who will deny they almost were ever on Warped Tour. Which is crazy. But she'll say, yes, it taught me how to be a live act and, yeah. and tour. And that's really what we did. That's really what Warped Tour was about. Mm -hmm. Teaching you how to go out and, and make fans and uh, connect with those fans and become a live act. That's really what Warped Tour is about. And those live acts, like Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish, who, you know, Real Big Fish had a radio hit, I guess, at one point, but one. Yeah, one. But, <laughs> God, they've had these sustaining careers where they've all make a nice living going out doing what they love yeah. and warp tour has been a piece to that it's incredible so in 2014 i emailed you and i asked you like hey i'm a photographer i just moved back to america can i shoot a show and like you invited me out and and i think that's been the case for a lot of not only bands but creators and like have you realized the impact you've played like in these people's lives and their careers you know it's, it's just what you should do you should help people you know give them a chance i was lucky i I created my chance. Yeah. But, you know, someone gave me a chance, I guess, down the road, mm -hmm. you know. Someone booked an act with me who didn't know me or gave me a gig to run. Um, we're, we should be all educate, educators, and that's, you know, what we should do is try to pass that opportunity on. And I never felt that protective of Warp, that, you know, I didn't want to make it. It was, it was, it was the festival, and I heard, heard a lot of people say it was the festival for everyone else. It was because this it was the festival for every the warp tour was and and mm -hmm. it didn't wasn't hard for me to send an email come on down we'll get leave your pass shoot be respectful yeah. now when people started taking advantage of us everything of our generosity yep. that's why we had to start screening press again because oh, yeah. I was giving away thousands of tickets to people who I thought were legitimately because it started out with people with really good intentions mm -hmm. but with every good intention comes a group that will exploit that Absolutely. and that's why you know and I heard people complaining that oh after three years they won't give me a photo pass well it's not for any reason just to be mean to you it was like we saw that your careers were not progressing you were not moving forward as your career or as a vendor or as a nonprofit or something you needed to keep moving forward outside of warp tour because it's also not it reflects poorly on you guys because you know like you can't have like all these like 
not discredited, but unaccredited. Well, you know, and, and everyone was unaccredited at once. Yeah, exactly. But then the next time you want to see progression in people's mm-hmm. lives. And, you you know, those people, you wanted to see them. And they're all the now major bloggers out there and major people doing their work. And yeah. whether they're working for a publication or doing it on their own. So, so uh, like... Tell me about times have you been like screwed over? Have people taken advantage of you? Oh, like... my wife will say I've been taken advantage of all my life, but I, really I haven't. Yeah. Because you know what? I feel very lucky. I wasn't, despite what a lot of people will think, I wasn't driven by finances. Mm-hmm. I had to make financial sense to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to make it. There is a business to run, especially when you're running a, you know, twenty million dollar a year project. Yeah. Uh, you have to be fiscally responsible. And then you have to be fiscally responsible to your family and you have to be fiscally re- to your employees so you can make sure they get a check and the cashes each week. But, uh, you know, the, Brett Gerowitz said it's something, he says, you know, we, we, we're allowed to prosper within our scene because we don't take advantage of it. Yeah. And I don't think I ever felt like I took advantage of this scene. Um, I feel like I gave back as much as I took mm-hmm. and maybe more, gave back more. Because 90% of the things we did on Warped Tour were not about making money. Right. Uh, I mean, if you've been out on the tour, it's it's very, you know, everyone's driven by the music and the grind. And the grind and the work. And, you know, we, we, we pump back in to, you know, uh, by supporting the nonprofits and things, you know. So, you know, there'll be people in you know, Woodwatchers that say, oh, no, you know, but there was this vision. But if I, if, if it was so easy, I think there would have been a lot more people duplicating things yeah, like oh, yeah. Warped Tour. And they could have. You know, but... and a few people tried, yeah. but they never did it more than one year or part of a year. Some people could, didn't make it through a year uh, because it's 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 tricky to navigate those kind of things on, on the with the ticket fees and the taxes mm-hmm. and the, the increased costs and everything. We're not on talking artists need to make a living. They need to make money going on on the road. But the security companies, the, you know, the, everyone's... Staging, everything, audio, Everything's catering. costing more, you know, yeah. and... You know, you'd book a tour, and then we'd have a gas prices go up two or three. You know, wow, one year, you one didn't year even we went. Think about one that. year we went, and went, you know, this year it went up like fifty cents, uh, which wasn't impossible to deal with. But you know, a couple of years ago we went up two dollars from when we started wow. the tour, and that two dollars a gallon and, doesn't seem like a lot, but but when you're <laughs> running trucks, buses, generators, you know, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars of just of gas of gas, wow. and just going up. Wow. So. It's been wow. it's been good. We've been able to we've been able to make it work, and 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 hopefully, like I say, I want to see what other people are going to do. Yeah, heard there was a great riot fest this year. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, absolutely. I heard it was a fantastic tour. I show I watched it from afar. I wish I could have been there. Mm-hmm. I wish I was thinking about going on a plane at one point, but this setback didn't allow that. I think they're doing a great job, but you know it works well in Chicago. But you know yeah. who's going to make something that works well in Phoenix or? I'm hoping people can do, they'll figure it out. It's hot as hell in Phoenix, guys. Let me make sure this is still going. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I think it kicked off for a sec, but we're good. All right. Okay. Uh, So then you got Monster involved in Warped Tour and, and... brought in like monster water and like yeah. how did how did that come about because they don't have monster water it's like a warp tour no thing. that was that was that was um early on when i met mark hall there was a hansen's energy drink was his drink there was a drink before monster and it was in a green narrow can hansen's energy 
and he was launching Monster, and I was talking to him about freestyle motocross because I was starting to bring that on Warp Tour, mm. and I wanted him to sponsor that. And he's going, why should I sponsor that? I'll just sponsor the writers. And I'm going, look, you should support music. And he said, well, I want everyone to be drinking my product all the time. Yeah. And I said, that's impossible. Yeah, you're like, we can't. I said, <laughs> you can't drink. Even back then, you didn't need to, you know, it's, and I have nothing problem with Monster. I'll drink one, but it's like, you know, a replacement for coffee for someone. Right. Or a pick-me-up in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. But it's not something you can drink all the time. So I said, why don't you put your water in cans? You'll get the same branding. You'll get even more because people will be drinking it all the time. And that's where Monster Water came from. And now if you see any athlete from NASCAR to Supercross to both in Rockstar and Monster, 95% of the time they're going to be drinking a water amazing and it, it makes sense and it and it works so perfectly and all the fans always think like i can't believe they're just it drinking just monster on stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and it was very helpful for us because we as we know we needed water mm-hmm. and that water is a line item cost that we have to pay for every day wow yeah it's, it's some like kid was details. bagging me some kid who worked on work for the other day was bagging me because he says you gave us water that tastes like pennies and i'm like well one Pennies are made out of copper. Right. And these were in aluminum cans. So, so wrong. Yeah. So you know, I don't know where he was, what his whole mission statement was, but, you know, complaining about something. Complaining about having water. Yeah. Is like the thing. Like, come on. Like, they didn't even have water back in the day. No. No, we didn't. We, we You just we, were thirsty. You didn't run out. You didn't, you, you didn't run out of water. We haven't run out of drinks. And, you know, there's so much, and other people supplying product and things for people. So... You know, it's a, it's a big moving city. We were moving a city down the road. Yeah, literally. And that's what I told people. It's like it's like the traveling circus. Yeah. As it, and it is. Cause it's, it's chaotic. It's loud. It's crazy. There's a lot of things happening. And so the people that you, like, employ on Warp Tour and the crew members, a lot of them have gone through, you know, jail. And, like, a lot yeah. of them are, like, outcasts, misfits. They've gone through all these, like, hardships. And what... What made you want to bring them in? Because it is a risk, you know? Well, I mean, it can be. It could be a risk. Depends. You know, I never looked at it as a risk. I looked at it as an opportunity. And if you give people opportunities that don't expect any opportunity, majority of them are going to take advantage of it. They understood that I was going out on a limb. And, I mean, they're my most, most loyal people. And they work so hard. And now they're out running tours all over yeah, the country. Yeah, like, I mean, look at Kenny Leaf. Yeah, like, Kenny's doing the crazy. best, you know? And, and Kenny... You know, they paid their price. And I always mm-hmm. say redemption is part of... Punk rock was about redemption. You know, nowadays we write people off so quickly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, and that's where sometimes I, I get in debates or argue, you know, with, with someone like a Ronnie Radke or something like that. Uh, people will write him off that have never met him or only heard I things. mean, hell, I've done it too. You know, you know, and then you see the guy and you see that he spends more time with the kids at, in the nonprofit areas, mm-hmm. does a lot, but he's trying to redeem himself. Exactly. And we have to be willing to give people a chance. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I was the same way. A friend of mine just started playing with Falling in Reverse, and I was like, why would you want to go out with him? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you want to be a part of, like, anything he's doing? And then he goes on the tour, comes back, and he's like, he's totally unlike everything everything he says. And he's worked really hard at it, and it's having the support of people like Brett Gerowitz and myself Mm -hmm. and people that, you know, 
that we see in it that you could redeem people. There's some people that can't be redeemed. Right. I don't yes. think Johnny Craig could be redeemed at this point. He's doing all right. He's, he's doing his, uh, I think, one of his first sober tours. I saw at least in my, in my right, opinion. Sure, in my, you've, because you've I've seen, given him four yeah. chances, five chances. Right. Yeah. He's ran out of the chance book mm. with me. Yeah, you definitely. Know? I put him in rehab a couple times. Mm-hmm. I've trusted him. He's lied. He's always let me down. Mm-hmm. He's never, never, you know, come through for giving that chance, you know. And that's the thing. You, it took a lot. Four or five. Sure, of course. Multiple, multiple chances. But to me, I, I don't have the energy for that. Yeah, anymore. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. And why would you, why would you want to waste your energy on something? And that's that... the thing. I, we tried so hard with him. Mm. And, I, and I saw that there could have been some. And if he's out on a sober tour and he actually can do it and he's yeah. not lying because he's yeah. been on sober tours right. before. He was on right. a sober, showed up on a sober tour on Warp Tour and mm. within two days was drinking a handle of rum. That's to me not sober. I completely you know, agree. A heroin <laughs> totally addict doing agree. rum is not sober. Yeah, it's not sober. Uh, so we had, you know, that's, you know, and that's where you have to, you know, but we put, we try, mm. give people a chance, you know. Um, and I've seen how quickly people won't give people a chance. Yeah, definitely. Talk about taking Warp Tour outside of the United States and what that was like to get, you know, go to Canada initially and then take it to like the UK, Australia. Oh yeah, I mean those European, all those times for me was I'd never been there. Yeah. I never got to travel. I didn't have the money and or I was always working. Yeah, yeah. So for me it was like, hey, how, how am I gonna get there? I have to bring a tour. So my wife's always said, couldn't you have just gone on like bought a plane? Because it always cost me money to do those tours. Of course. Um, couple times i think the uk we made some money on a show a while back um europe we made a little bit of money but it was never about profitability it was more about adventure with your friends exactly i mean that's tour right <laughs> and that's what we did we, we 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 played crazy shows throughout europe we played the bull ring in pompolona where all the bulls run after the running of the bulls wow we played the socialist festival we played a communist festival we played you know it was like wherever they would book us we played right after the war we played in slovenia wow we were there right after the war uh and um then going to australia we still talk about that in 97 98 um 99 when we camped across australia yeah we actually slept in tents Wow. And all the bands were camping. It was like this crazy thing. In the morning, I'd have surf lessons for people. We'd have Aboriginal dancers, Paul Hogan. Uh, we had a party in his club. We're Hepcat and yeah. uh, Royal Crown Review played for all the locals. I mean, we just, it was an adventure to me. This is business has been an adventure. And, and that's the thing. I, I, people don't realize I was able to create these adventures through music. And that's what I was able to do for, and that's the thing. I don't know if, what else I could do? I've done kind of almost everything I could possibly do. Yeah. And no one had camped across Australia. We were literally, pu- we'd do a show, drive for five or six hours after the show, get in around three or four in the morning yep. and put up pup tents and wow. we'd all go to sleep in there. And when you're camping in Australia and the sun rises, so everyone's it's up incredible. at 6.30 in the morning yep. and we're barbecue, and we had a, you know, chef that was like a cook like a camp out cook and we're scrambled eggs and so hanging cool, out because man. you couldn't sleep on those tents it was so hot uh, yeah of so course. it wasn't like a tour bus that you could maybe hide out so just dead so <laughs> we're hanging out with the bands and the skaters were all up in the morning and so i had surfboards brought down and then surf wow. lessons and then we'd put up a show and the locals would hang out mm-hmm. and, and we just have so much fun really it's what I, I had a lot of fun in this business had a lot of fun. Now I've just got to recreate and do some other kind of adventure for myself, maybe. Yeah. Not wow. bring 
few hundred people with me every time I do something. <laughs> Maybe go, like, just by yourself to go do something. Take my wife. Take your wife. There you yeah. go. Take the family. Go somewhere. Yeah. So what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started all of this? Wish I knew. I wish I knew how to manage the internet when it became such a big, like, big platform. Because Warped Tour started before the internet, really. Well, the internet was around. Barely. But we were one of the first tours or events that had a website. Uh, message boards back then, the old message boards. And I booked Eminem, and the kids threatened to kill me, and it was like some 14-year-old, you know. How you feel now? And then social media. <laughs> And you, you learn that you can't negotiate, educate, or debate on Twitter. And I always felt like you could have conversations with me. You just can't. Absolutely not. And now you realize you don't even know if you're talking to a real person. You don't know who it was. <laughs> I found out there was one, one person, that, one of the bigger critics of, of me and Warped Tour had 109 personalities, profiles online. Wow. And luckily I knew someone at, 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 at Twitter and, and they were able to dig into it. And they were all kind of coming from the same place. So be able to block them and get rid of them. But... I was answering them like they're a real person. Wow. You know, things like that. I, I guess I would have known. And, and, and two, you know, it's just, you know, I wish I had that knowledge of what I do now, why we work with, with treatment and care for artists that I knew in 1990 didn't have those skills. I developed those. And, you know, I feel guilty in a little ways. That, that not guilty. It was had nothing to do with me. But I, I, I wish I had those skills because I feel that if we would have maybe had that chance to intervene with Brad Knoll, on that first year, we, we could have kept him alive. Yeah. But, you know, there's no blame there. There's no things. I just would have had more tools to work with. Definitely. And so, yeah, talk about the mental health of touring, not only for yourself, but, I mean, you had your kids out and, and dealing with, you know, 70-plus artists with oh, yeah. all that are all it, outcasts it, and going through it, shit. You know, it's, exa- it's exhausting, but, you know, it's, it's... I knew how to read the tempo of the tour. Mm. I mean, I knew when during those big long runs that, that we run how to manage everything you notice how we would have curfews or we would say okay right. bus call like we would try to ease the, the burden we would we had the yoga or the meditation sessions and things um, and also I can watch people in their body actions and the way they're reacting if they're, they're having stresses out on the road and, and those might be relationship stresses and I would duplicate it here but I can't walk really right now so <laughs> you know of that pacing the parking lot on a phone that's usually late at night and it's yep. usually an indication that there's a problem at home yep. so having those same problems that I had at some point in my career out there or in my life I could pull them aside and say look you know here's here's some tips to help you get through this or, or you know you can't fix all the problems at home mm-hmm. you know want pacing a parking lot at night right you, you, the frustration level on both get you know helping them through those things and then and also keeping an eye you know on when people so my, 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 my whole lot of the rollout there I had was to read the, the tempo and feel of the tour, just to make sure that, that, that we kept everyone healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, bringing your kids out for, like, that was their, like, summer camp. Well, I mean, well, they come they, out for, like, They worked hard. Though. Yeah, with the Sierra, the Sierra, I mean, they always worked. I mean, Sabrine started when she was 14. Yeah. And they never had it easy. I mean, Sierra was always out in the field. She loved the field. She loved working. She was DJing one year. Doing silent disco and things, and then she went in and ran the nonprofit area. Uh, she's jumping on a plane. She was just working Lost Lands all weekend. She's jumping down to cover a festival in New, uh, Nashville this weekend for us. And then Sabrine, she's been out since she's 14, but she's more of our inside yeah. person. So she worked in the production office, and 
I mean, she didn't get a break. They worked out. Oh, she worked. She'd be up on the off the bus at seven o'clock in the morning and not get done till nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Wow. So that's a lot of hours. But they really liked it, and I think they've developed lifelong friends, and that's what you get on work tour. Those lifelong relationships. Yeah, and not only that, but like the education you receive out there, even though it's not in a classroom. Like I, you know, I've learned so much about how to handle different kinds of people just from being on work tour because that's yeah. all you're doing is dealing with people all day long <laughs> dealing with people all day long um so what advice do you have for people that might want to get into something like like what you've done be patient besides don't work your ass <laughs> off that's what it is i worked every day and i didn't pick and choose what i wore it wasn't like i was i love punk rock but i worked metal mm-hmm. and i would work latin shows expose yourself to as many live events as possible just be, if you like lava events, get out there and just keep working and networking and meeting people and take your job seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously, but take your job se- seriously. So. Yeah. And um, lastly, do you, I mean, do you have anything to say to the crew, the bands that have been on Warp Tour? It's because... been an honor getting to work with, with the majority of you. Well, there's a couple of them that I would say not such an honor, but you know, the majority of you, it was an honor to get to tour with you, be on the road with you, uh, and le- and being part of this. You know, I knew that, you know, you you needed that support because you know that was the coolest thing. We had a lot of support of those bands early on, like No Effects and Bad Religion and Pennywise and Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish and and there, you know and it, and it just kept moving on, you know, and you know bands like The Used coming back this yeah. year and uh, and watching the main and Mayday Parade grow from bands that were selling CDs in the parking lot yep. and things to the main stage on Warp Tour or the Journey stage to watch their paths and to see where they're going. It'll be great to see where they go in the future. Yeah, and uh, obviously from a fan to you, thank you for, oh, you're for creating something like this. And, and I'm sure you never saw it. I mean, did you ever think you were going to do this for 24 no, years? Like... No, I you know, every year someone would say, and I go, no, it was really going to be one year, maybe two, one year. It was going to be originally one year. It was going to be one year and go be that school teacher or get that job um, with benefits and try to, you know, take care of a family. So it's been an honor, quarter century. It eventually had to end. Uh, I know some, a lot of people are, you know, but... It, it's time for someone else to step up and take it to take something forward yeah and i was saying to sabrine i thought i thought sierra was going to take over warp tour and just yeah, keep going you know I, I wouldn't want her to go through a lot of yeah. what i had to go through and, and how this industry needs to um correct itself in some ways i think becoming unified again yeah. figure and, and and when that can figure it out it'll make it possible to do this again right now i think it's just too fragmented yeah go to a show man yeah get out and go see to live a music. show <laughs> right now support live music yeah you got to support more live than music. anything all i want to do is go see a show and i can't right now <laughs> <laughs> well when you are able i'm sure you'll be back at I it i was itching i was dying like this weekend i was like oh man i, w- I was hope I, I was planning that was my plan like was this year to go to to riot fest yeah you know and and spend the week and just enjoying it well that has been the coolest experience that was awesome thank you kevin for taking the time out of your day i know you are healing and you're going through a lot medically speaking but i really do appreciate you taking the time and i'm glad you're alive first of all but i'm glad that you are at home and you are finding some time to rest and i think it's awesome that you are going to teach i think it's awesome that you're using your degree and you're going to continue to be a professor and educate the next generation. That's really, really cool of you. So 
Thank you guys again. If you are new, please hit that subscribe button on whatever app you have. You can make donations to me if you want to. I make documentaries. I make music under the band name Chasing Satellites. And uh, I make this podcast. I make YouTube videos. I do lots of stuff because, you know, we have to. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about how to get by, how to survive in this in this age where holding a 9-to-5 job ain't gonna do shit for you. I'll talk to you guys next week on Project Freelance.